just get your shit done. Like put yourself in a position where you're starting something or you want to be interested in something, put yourself in a position where you start to complete some of those things and you will mm -hmm. feel better. I'm sure you felt a lot better once you got these things done. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Cause it's just, it's just going to multiply that energy in you. You're just going to feel better about yourself, about your abilities. And then all the stuff that was limiting you doesn't have that much weight over yourself. Hello everyone. I'm Abhinav Jain and this is the real Abhinav audio experience. Welcome to the Real Abhinav Audio Experience. This is your host, Abhinav Jan, and I aspire to make this podcast go beyond the surface. In this podcast, I intend to bring you insights from the topmost performers, no matter what industry they're in. We talk about how they've done things differently to grow their minds and keep their physical and mental health in shape. My mission with this podcast is to help overwhelmed individuals learn ways to reduce their depression, anxiety, and live with peace and love. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Blossom Media Studio. Thank you so much for creating and distributing my podcast and taking away literally every single thing that's involved with podcasting so I can just spend the time to talk to my guests and create great episodes. Hello and welcome back everyone to another episode of The Real Abinov Audio Experience. Today, I have a very special guest, another gentleman I met on TikTok, who his handle is ADHD everything, and his audience tries to call him the squirrel dad. And I met him on TikTok, and I was just fascinated by, you know, this dad in his 40s who has somehow found all this popularity with the young adults talking about something not so sexy like mental health and ADHD. So Tyler, welcome to the show, and tell Thank us you. how it is that you became so popular with these young adults talking about all this. I bloody well wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to my, try to. My, <laughs> my wife tells me it's because I'm. It's because of my age. It's because I'm. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, because I'm a guy in his forties who's talking about something that a lot of people can relate to. Hmm. I'm not some some kid in his twenties. You know, some. Uh, uh, she tried to put this as delicately as she possibly could, but you're not some. You're not some buff and beautiful 22 year old. Thanks wife. Um, but you're, you know, you're the everyman. You, you look like somebody's dad yeah. or somebody's stepdad, right? And you're sharing your experience and sharing what information you do have. And that's, yeah, that because the squirrel association with ADHD, that's kind of how it sucked. I ended up getting called squirrel dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, okay with that. Maybe walk me back a little bit to like 18 months ago when pre-pandemic and whatnot. You know, what were you up to before? And then how did you even get into, you know, doing the whole TikTok show? Um, 18 months ago, I was still employed as a graphic designer for a local uh, line of newspapers. I have a I have a diploma in digital media production. So I'm a graphic designer, animator, I web design, um, you know, anything and everything that Adobe has their hands into I can do. And so I was I was a graphic designer for for a newspaper and then pandemic hit and I got laid off. And yeah, it was spending, you know, spending my time bored basically. Yeah. And a friend of mine, he was he had gotten into it and I I never really thought much of it. I was a, always a bit of a social media guy, but not too too much, right? Facebook and Instagram and and stuff like that. A uh, little bit on Twitter. But I never really given TikTok much of a chance, you know, I, I had the uh, perception that it was the kids app, 
so I didn't really think too much about it. And then my friend who's, you know, a couple of years younger than me said, you should really give this a try. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm bored to tears. I need another goofy outlet to, you know, put some, some stupid videos out and <laughs> whatever. So I started doing that and I figured I would do one based on my life as, you know, a guy in his forties who's got ADHD and just doing goofy stuff. And then from there, it just kind of, there's more to it, but I mean, that's the basics of it is it yeah. just kind of took off from there. I didn't think anything of it. it hey, well, why not? This could be fun. And then 18 months later, you know, I'm creeping on a hundred thousand now. Not only that, I mean, you have your own discord group you have mm-hmm. you do live streams on Twitch. I mean, and of course your, your TikTok is just amazing. It's blowing up so many people that, that come on there. So, you know, that's quite a journey to go in just a short amount of time. And 18 months is not very long, right? Like to just oh. kind of completely change. I don't know if it would be a change of career rather. It'd be more of like you've changed direction and, and something that you didn't maybe think in the past. Did you ever have this conception before? Like I want to help people with that uh, or at least talk about this condition before, like you know, 18 months ago? Or did it really kind of just magnify because we're all so stuck in our houses and we have to deal with it more? Well, I mean, a little bit. I have always kind of enjoyed being able to help people, but I never really put a whole lot of thought into just how much I could. I, you know, I always thought it was more on a, on an individual basis, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, somebody that's going through a hard time. Okay. Maybe reach out to them, you know, yeah. let them vent, do what you can for them. But, um, with the, uh, the whole, okay. Well, the discord, that's an entirely different thing. And forgive me. Cause I have ADHD. I forgot where I was going. Oh, that's okay. I was just trying to understand <laughs> like, when you started uh, this, I mean, this was very concentrated towards trying to help people on online. But previously, you said you were trying to do it one on one. And then you decided like, through the pandemic, you were a little bored. So you decided to create more content on TikTok. And that ended up taking on a life of its well, own. I never thought that it was going to be taken as anything that people, yes, I wanted to go with something that people could relate to, right? Because there's a lot of us and even people that don't have it, a lot of people can relate to it. How many times have you lost your keys, right? Mm. People can relate to simple stuff like that. Um, but I never thought that this was going to be something that so many people could go, oh my God, I do that too. Oh my God, I'm just like that, mm. right? Um, and, and I was diagnosed 20 years ago. But when they diagnosed me, it was, this is what you have. Here are some pills. Now go away. I never had any kind of a follow-up. I never had any proper understanding of it. the genetic neurological neurodevelopmental disorder that I have, I didn't know any of it. Hmm. And then as I got more into a deeper down the rabbit hole, um, I just, I, I found other creators that were talking about their experiences. And then I found that there were people not only sharing their stories, but people also kind of giving advice and talking about the, the details of it. Things like executive dysfunction, rejection sensitivity dysphoria, things I had no idea what the names, I I didn't even know about these things prior. And I'm seeing these people talking about this and going, oh my God, and my brain is melting because I'm not alone, Mm. which was the most profound thing I think I've probably experienced in the last 18 months was the realization of how, how truly widespread and how how much more there is to it than just a label. It's yes. not just a label. It's not just something that people look at you and go, oh, you're lazy. Well, no, there's there's like a whole there's a whole ordeal going on. Right. And 
yeah, it, it, from there, I think I kind of took a slight turn instead of just doing the silly stuff. I kind of turned a bit and started sharing more information that I had found and more stuff that I had learned. And then even more people could relate to it. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, it's, Something you mentioned to me, I think it was last time we were just having a brief chat around like having learned the scientific part of this, let's call it, you know, neurological disorder or disease. And also then there's the societal kind of consequences. I mean, I'm sure 20 years ago when you were diagnosed with this, people weren't talking about mental health. Like, I mean, maybe they were, but definitely not on the Internet. And a little bit, certainly not know, as heavily. Right. And then it wasn't really something that like, I don't think I recall anybody really telling me about like, what does it even mean to be depressed? You know, I didn't understand that at all. And and having anxiety and all, I was always a kid that had a lot of energy, was always kind of bouncing around and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I remember throughout schools, uh, you know, always teachers telling me like, this kid's always, you know, too, too energetic or this or that. You know, somehow my parents didn't take it too seriously as a lot of, I remember a lot of young uh, kids were being diagnosed with ADD at the time or ADHD, Mm -hmm. which is now what it's called, and being Mm -hmm. prescribed like Adderall or uh, I don't know, some of the other generic ones that have, uh, that are out there, almost like as if that's the magic solution and it's, it's, it's totally not right. Like, I know, tell me more about kind of your experience through that. Yeah, it is far from the, the people that, uh, that seem to think that, oh, well, they're, they're just all on drugs. You know, I, I did a little skit on that. And boy, that that one blew up on Instagram, um, probably because of the nature of it. It was mm. a lot of people viewed it as controversial, I guess, because so many people, they just think that, right? Well, well, the kid's not paying attention. They can't sit still, pump them full of pills. That'll that'll fix the problem. It's not a fix. Mm. Your medication is a, it's a tool, but it's not, it, there's no magic wand. It's not a cure. It's not a, an anything. It's just something that helps you rein in your focus a bit better so that you can concentrate on the tasks that you need to perform. Yes. But you still, you know, therapy is an amazing one. Um, Routines and strategies, as much as so many of us hate that routines, routines are paramount in my house. Yes. Right. And and pre pandemic, everything was on a routine. Um, my kid, my um, my youngest daughter was diagnosed not too long ago. And so we we saw the signs early. So we tried to put her on uh, as many schedules, routines, and habits as we could. Uh, pandemic has really screwed that. But Care to elaborate is. on some of those routines? I'm just curious. It might help someone who, who doesn't see the value in it. Because I, I totally agree that if you are somewhat you know, scattered uh, and you, f- mm. you are starting to notice that what better Scattered way, a good word. you know, what better way to bring yourself in at least to have some structure in your day. So you don't feel like, you know, you're just being pulled around by your thoughts and emotions. Right. So like, what have you found and what have you helped implement uh, your daughter as well? Well, I'll give you a brief one every morning when it comes to her getting ready for school. Mm-hmm. I'm up at seven ten. I'm downstairs. I wake her up. She comes upstairs. We eat breakfast together. Seven thirty. whether she's done or not, she goes downstairs and she changes. Mm. She gets ready for school. She has 20 minutes to do that. Um, seven fifty is she's upstairs getting her stuff together for her backpack. Seven fifty five to eight o'clock. We're out the door. She's at the school by eight Oh five. Like gotcha. that's, yeah, and it, it has regimented. to be that rigid. Yeah, it has to be that rigid because otherwise, any kind of a deviation, 
and it'll throw you off, right? Mm. If she's downstairs for 20 minutes, she's got 20 minutes to get ready. And I'm counting down the timer for her. I'm giving her like five minute, 10 minute warnings. And there are some mornings she's down there instead of getting dressed, she's playing with the cat, right? Mm -hmm. I've got to call her out on it. Come on, let's go. Let's get ready. Otherwise you're going to be late. I've got a quick favor to ask of you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could take one minute of your time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way and I'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you've already done that, thank you again. Please share this episode with someone you know, a friend or family member, download the episode or share the link, whatever works for you. Now let's get back to it. Yeah. Things like that. Almost like part of it is, I think that's required uh, to a degree because if you don't do regimented activities like that, you're always going to be driven by your immediate sense of thoughts and emotions that you have versus in this scenario, you're not thinking. You're like, okay, well, from seven to eight, I'm getting up and getting ready to go to school. Like that's the goal. And here are the steps we have to take to get there. And this could Mm -hmm. be applicable to anyone that's even in the workforce, right? Like if you have meetings at eight or at nine, and even if they're at home, right, you got to get up, you know, either you're going to shower. For me, it's like, you know, sitting down and meditating for 15 to 20 minutes if I have a lot of scattered thoughts when I wake up in the morning, which does happen often with me, you know, writing them down or talking them out and really just, you know, grounding myself again and then starting my day and then, you know, making sure that I go out and get exercise. I'm not sitting at my desk for more than, you know, two hours at a time or or somewhat less than that. Right. Like I just know these things about myself now over time that I'm someone that needs to move to feel uh, like that energy shift from my head, get it into my body. And then both of those things kind of synergistically help me. Right. So I suppose like over time, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about like sort of getting diagnosed uh, at 20 years ago. I know that people have asked you around this, like especially not just young adults, but people maybe that are around your age or elder is like, hey, man, I relate to some of these things you're talking about. Does that mean I have a problem? Should I go get diagnosed? You know, And, and there's a stigma associated with that, too. Oh, there's a huge stigma associated with a lot of it. Actually, the common question that I do get quite often is, is it too late for me or am I too old to get a diagnosis? I look at that as a very personal choice, honestly. Um, I've had people ranging between mid-20s to late 50s ask me, hmm. you know, what's the point? Should I get one? Do you want the validation is my answer. Um, hmm. do, do you want to be validated by a diagnosis? Because some people that that's what they want. They want validation that there's that they're not just broken or damaged, that there is something there. And the when somebody gets that kind of a validation, it is it can be a world changer for them because they don't feel like this broken, lazy, damaged human. They know that there's something more going on that they never really could understand. That's one thing they want. So that's why I asked that question. Do you want the validation of that? Do you feel like you require medication to help you? Because if you get the diagnosis, it opens the door to the medication. But in some cases, I can't remember where I read it. I wish I had saved the bookmark for it. Um, I think I read that by the time you were somewhere around 30, you have already developed the uh, the strategies, the cope, coping methods, and all of that that, are, that you're going to follow pretty much in the course of your life. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think it's somewhere around 30. That makes sense. So um, there are some people that they're in their 40s and 50s and they have all this. They've gone through life, you know, with this disorder that they didn't even know about. And they're they're already, you know, they're already kind of paving their path to success that way. Do they need the validation? Maybe not. Maybe they don't. Mm. But anybody who feels 
that they might be too old or feels disheartened by it, I always remind them, Anthony Hopkins got diagnosed with autism about five or six years ago. Hmm. And how old is he? Right. Sir Anthony, Anthony Hopkins in his late 60s, early 70s, something like that, hmm. got diagnosed with autism. It's not too late for you. You're not too old. Yeah. Now, I like what you said, because part of it is you, you maybe want to just be aware that if something's going on, it's not your fault, quote unquote, that you're feeling this way. Right. That there is an actual scientific uh, reason behind it that we've at least figured out that it's not entirely like you and your willpower that's going to get you through it. And then I think the other part of it is, even if you do, do go the medical route, that doesn't mean there's going to be a fix for you that's going to be a, like a pill or a something that's going to just make it all of a sudden better. Like It's almost yeah. like, let's talk about that piece a little bit, where it's like versus trying to fix yourself permanently versus coping with it, you know, as you've been doing for the last, you know, 40 plus years, you've mm -hmm. been having some good days and I'm sure some bad days with it. And and I know yeah. you talk about it very openly that you still struggle with it from time to time, which is what really gravitated me towards you. You're not trying to preach and be a coach necessarily. You're just saying like, look, man, I still struggle with this stuff. You know, even yeah, today. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And that's, you know, um, not to pump it too hard, but that's part of the the beauty of the whole Discord group is there are there are people there that can relate to that. There are some people that are having bad days and they have a lot of bad days. Like everybody's individual experience is different. Mm -hmm. There was, I'm going to sidetrack a bit here. There That's was, okay. there was one video that made the rounds this past weekend about some entitled guy talking about how, uh, you know, I view mine as a superpower. Okay. That's fine. And well, if you want to view yours as a superpower, that's great, but don't invalidate everybody else because yours, your experience is this way. Okay. Everybody's experience is different. Mine's different than his different than whomever yeah. else. Just because I'm better at this aspect of it doesn't give me the right to say to somebody, well, just do this. It doesn't always work that way. A method that works for me won't necessarily work for you or anybody else. The analogy that I used is with glasses. Not everybody's glasses are going to be the exact same prescription, right? Everybody's going to be a little bit different. If I hand you my glasses, you're not going to be able to drive with them. Yeah. Whereas I would. So yeah, that with the uh, the permanent fix, yeah, there there is no permanent fix. We all have our days where where you get up and you've got a plan of let's say three things. I like to view it in the, in the task dump kind of way. You've got three major goals that you want to get done. Everything else is just kind of filler. Yeah. And sometimes you can't even get those, those three things done because your brain just is blocking you from doing it. It's called executive dysfunction. Um, where every time you try and do the dishes, for example, you know you have to do the dishes. You walk past the sink how many times and you can see it's mm. full of dishes. You know you've got to do them. But every time you go to do them, your brain kind of views it as a, as a low dopamine event. It's not going to get the excitement, the nuance, or the nuance, the... Um, the reward. The reward. Yeah, it doesn't view it that way, right? Instead, it's going to gravitate towards something like Maybe I'll jump down a YouTube rabbit hole mm, or video maybe game. I'll read this book, or play video games, mm -hmm. right? It, it's chasing the dopamine. And sometimes that 
that really blocks you from trying to do things and get your tasks done. And the thing is that it, it doesn't just happen to things that you don't want to do. It happens to things that you do want to do. Right. I've got a PlayStation downstairs. I've got two games that are on my list. One I have to start, one I have to finish, and I can't do it. I've been trying for a year. And every time <laughs> I think to myself, I want to go downstairs and play this, my brain goes somewhere else. It's like, nope, because, and it'll give me a list of excuses. I can no, say, because it'll take too much time. No, yeah. because it, it's too much work to go down the stairs. No, because you you got to do this. You got to do this. I want to fucking play these games and it won't let me. That's so interesting. That's, you know what? I can relate that to people. Let's say talk about physical fitness or health. People that mm-hmm. want to know, they know they need to lose weight or they know they need to actually take care of their health because they have a poor diet and, and they're actually starting to maybe get other diseases because of it. Mm-hmm. But they just can't do it because... No, I got to take care of this. I have to, you know, this is more important than that. I don't have the entire like two hours that I might need to get myself to go. It's like, if you, if you did it for like 10 minutes, it'll be better than if you didn't do it. Right. But kind of getting yourself to that momentum, that starting momentum, it's, it's so difficult at times, especially if you have a hyperactive thought process, it can navigate all kinds of scenarios and situations that will just supersede any sort of, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, priority that you had set for yourself. Yeah. Right. So I could totally see that. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily even true only for people that have been even diagnosed or think they have ADHD. That's just a general function of our mind having so mm-hmm. much stimulus and so much data these days, especially with our phones and our laptops, computers, tablets, whatever screens yep. all around. Right. Like it's, it's just made it so accessible. I'm very curious to hear if you've found any techniques or methods with technology in a positive light that have helped you to maybe, I mean, you're a graphics guy, like you're, you're pretty much, we're spending and you still do a lot of time on the computer, right? Yeah. And it's, a, computers are just a wormhole, right? Like it's the portal into the world wide web, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's very easy. It's kind of hilarious when you think about companies give everybody a laptop and then they expect them to be productive. It's like, dude, they got everything on there. You know what I mean? In the dictionary under counterproductive. Is <laughs> <laughs> the internet. <laughs> yeah. Here's your laptop. Okay, now be productive. But yeah. dude, there's a, there's a rabbit there's, hole exactly, over here. Exactly, like, right? Uh, the, the pop-up. Oh my God, what do you mean? I got to see this next video or whatever it is. Have you seen what they put on these? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Like, have you found any um, pieces of that? Like any specific kind of apps that maybe help you? Like timers or, or schedulers or anything that maybe helps you kind of stay more oriented? Um, that maybe could be of value to someone that's, you know... Not able to figure there, it out. There are some out there. Um, there, uh, God, what are the ones that Danny was talking about? Um, there's, what's it called? Brilly or something like that? I don't remember exactly the name of it. What it's it not do? one that I use. Oh, God, I don't even recall. I just remember that she was doing an ad for them. Any of the ones that I use, honestly, are just kind of the, um, the stock iPhone ones, right? Sure. Like I will have um, timers, reminders, Notes. All sorts of stuff in the schedules. God, my notepad. Jeez, you should see my notepad. It goes back to like 2014. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. Um, I do use a sleep app that helps a little bit. Uh, it's called Sleep Cycle, and that's just it. It tracks your sleep and how how well you sleep, um, and then compares it to like other people around the world, kind of yeah. thing. How much how much snoring you did, how much other sound it picked up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for the most part, um, yeah, uh, timers and um, schedules in my phone. Yeah. yeah. 
all of them, all the damn time. Well, if anyone's listening to this episode, let us know if you know of any ways that have helped you using technology, any apps or anything like that, list them out for us so other people can benefit from it. I can say one thing that I discovered when I was in the office space and I was like going to, to work and I was also suffering through a lot of anxiety at that time. And I was, I, I was actually diagnosed to be very depressed and I didn't want to take medication because I felt like I wanted to really improve myself in a holistic way. Um, meaning like medications a personal choice as well, hundred percent. And I, and I was very tempted to go down that route too, but then I realized that, well, I partly have created a lifestyle for myself that has led me to feel this way more and more. And I'm not doing myself a service if I just completely, you know, ignore that piece and then just go straight to the medicine. So I wanted to keep myself in check, you know, have, you know, my mom, she's in the medical field as well. She was keeping an eye on me, but I found, and the reason I bring this up is like you said, notes, here's notes, go back to 2014. I think I have so many notes from back in, in those days and of course currently too. And I figured out this exercise that I, I don't know if this is a thing that somebody else has figured out too. I basically call it like uh, sticky note thoughts or even like just, just like mental diarrhea on notes. You just literally mm-hmm. start typing or writing down whatever it is that's making you feel currently, like whatever you feel. If you're like, I feel so stressed out about this deadline at work and now I have like 800 emails to go through, just start writing down whatever it is that's freaking you out. And as you start to do that, I've noticed that the process of synthesizing your thoughts into text, whether it's handwritten or typed, actually slows down that processing unit. Like it, it, like, you know, your brain can go way, way, way fast, but you can't possibly translate that information that the mechanisms that are involved to translate them will never, you know, keep up with that. I mean, right. and and doing that process allows you to have at least another enough space to see that oh, I'm actually just really freaking out about this stuff in my head and my thoughts aren't necessarily true. And mm-hmm. I have this ability now to slow down. Okay, now I know what it's bothering me. So let me create some sort of a plan <coughs> on how I can deal with it, you know? And and kind so I wanted to bring dump. that up, you know? Yeah. That's something that's helped me a lot and it still does at times. And and that's a good method, like doing a brain dump. Yeah, if I had the cognitive wherewithal to remember that um, I I have, you know, a notepad in front of me that I could just dump all this crap onto Mm -hmm. and then try and sift through it, I might use that. Um, It's funny you mentioned sticky notes. I can't use sticky notes because if I have more than one, then I will glaze over them like they don't exist. (laughs) It's true. Oh yeah, can't do it because then they don't exist to me. Yeah. And um, same with um, a lot of other things too, right? It, uh, it's called inattentional blindness, and it's uh, it's the opposite of object impermanence. Um, it's if you have something in front of you that you see all the time, then your brain goes, "It's not there anymore." Yes, right. So uh, one example that I used was we have a cat that. And we got four cats in my house because I'm allergic to cats and my wife hates me. Um, but but we had on the ledge here, she's the one cat, she's 15 years old. She stays downstairs. She never really comes up. So we've got a, a separate container of cat food, right? Wife said to me, okay, take this container of cat food downstairs. I walked past that thing so many damn times. Couldn't find it. And well, it was just, it was there. I didn't see it. Yeah. I saw it, but I didn't see it, mm. right? just not paying attention to it. If something is there directly in front of you and you're not paying, I guess paying attention, but that that's a loose, bad term. Um, but yeah, it, it, I just walked past the thing so many times, right? It, it's another common thing that a lot of us struggle with. Yes. 
So yeah. Talk to uh, talk to me about like I hear a lot of self judgment as a as a problem these days with with pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you're in in this sort of funk of being disoriented at times or being confused or conflicted, like p- being so hard on yourself as if like you're the problem that you can't you know get through this. It's such an easy way for our mind to attack this sense of self. You know, talk oh, yeah. to me a little bit about this self judgment piece and what have you like discovered about it? Um, well, with <laughs> with ADHD, um, depression holds its hand very tightly. Hmm. There's there's one therapist that I follow who has been doing. Uh, he's been a therapist for over fifty years, and one of the quotes of his that I love and I I tell other people all the time is. If you've got ADHD and you don't at least have a low key form of depression, that's not, that's, that's, that's an anomaly. If you've got it, the odds of you having at least a minimal form of depression are very high. Mm -hmm. And there are so many other mental disorders that their traits overlap and cross over, which is why misdiagnosis is such a problem. Um, but with with depression and self-image, yeah, there's a lot of us that we need to remind ourselves that our brain lies to us and it does it a lot. It does it often. So when we have things like imposter syndrome where we don't feel like, like a TikTok is a prime example for me, honestly. Like I keep getting reminded by, you know, friends, followers, Discord, whatever. They're like, you're creeping on 100,000 people. And I can't fathom that. I can't, I can't justify to myself why, what I bring a value that anybody would want to follow. Why would you want to listen to me, right? It's the imposter syndrome in my head telling me this when I do Twitch streams and it's just, it's just chatting sessions, right? I just, I can't fathom why people would want to listen to some guy in his forties babbling on about a stigmatized, over-prescribed mental disorder. Mm. Why would you want to listen to me do that, right? And I can't understand that. And that's the imposter syndrome. You feel like a fake. You feel like a fraud. You feel like you're going to be exposed and your brain keeps telling you this. And and that's where having having a good support system comes comes in so handy. Right. Because these people are like, they're reminding you the same thing. Your brain is lying to you. Stop mm-hmm. it. Um, there are many of us that we fight with that all the damn time over everything. You get a promotion at work. Are you worth the job? Do you know what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, you, you always a get a promotion to a title where you're not fully ready for it. And now you got to figure it all out again type of thing. Right. So yeah. you almost always feel like, oh, I was really good at this. And now I'm into this other role which I haven't really done before. <laughs> but what if you are perfectly qualified for it? What if you are hundred yeah. percent perfectly qualified for it? You are, you can do the job. You can do the job in your sleep. So they promote you to the job and your brain goes, you're a fraud. Ooh. You're a fake. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You're going to be exposed. You're going to get fired. Right. Over and over and over again. Mm. This is imposter syndrome and it sucks. It sucks because even if you're hundred percent qualified, nope, your brain doesn't want you to do it. I think the or, importance here is remembering what you said, right? Like 
your thoughts, all of them aren't true. Like your brain is mm -hmm. constantly lying to you and it's not giving you accurate information. So being able to decipher between what is relevant and actionable immediately versus what's just there as sort of a tale without any really relevance. I mean, that sense of discernment, I don't know how you've developed it over time, if it's just more practice. For me, it's been through, like I said, the writing and, and meditating and talking to people that are a little bit smarter than me that I that I understand. You know, I'm they still know. bad at it. I'm still terrible at it. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely terrible at it. Um, so like negative comments get to you type of thing? Like people I that try not. To, I try not to let them. Oddly enough, it, it's weird. A lot of negative comments when it comes to social media, they don't really hit hmm. not too too much okay right? everybody's entitled to their own opinion and that's fine um whereas with with many people with adhd they will they will let that get to them they will let that penetrate the skin and i think i have the added bonus of i worked in nightclubs for 20 years oh wow so i've you know i've kind of developed a thick skin when it comes to that kind of stuff so i i think that was more of a trained thing for me so I don't really like trolls. Trolls don't bother me. Not in the least, not even a little bit. I what about people like people that try to threaten you? I want to take another quick moment to thank our sponsors, Podcast Backdrops. If you do any kind of video content or pictures online, or you're doing any sort of selling over Zoom calls, you really need to check them out because it will make you look professional from the get-go. Having your brand, your logo, and what you're all about behind you, hiding all your clutter, makes you look so much more professional when you put yourself out there on the internet. So check out Podcast Backdrops if you want to level up your game. What are you going to do? <laughs> like, seriously, dear anonymous internet idiot from across the planet, what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to come to my house? You have no idea where I am. Get bent. Oh, I'm going to expose you. Expose you for what? What did I do? Yeah. There's nothing you can expose me on. Why? Because I'm kind of being a little bit overly honest on the internet. Mm. Here's another trait of ADHD people. We overshare. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and that no trolls don't bother me in the least. I I will happily make an ass out of a troll in front of everybody else. Trolls don't get to me. I lost where I was going again. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, I think where where I would like to take it is maybe mm. understand. So I I know you said this before, like you can't invalidate someone's experience and you obviously can't say that like my experience is going to be like everybody else's. I have mm -hmm. this tendency and I'm doing it on purpose is to push everyone in the world to try meditation if they haven't and to mm -hmm. try exercising if they haven't. And if they haven't, they failed at it. That just tells me you got to try even more because clearly if it's hard, there's a reason why you're not able to do it. You got to push yourself through it. And if you do, you might find a reward there or at least a technique, a variation of it. You don't have to become a bodybuilder like I did. You don't have to become a yogi that's like, you know, top of the world or whatever. But you mm -hmm. need to realize that these are tools, you know, your mind and body are connected by your breath. So learning how to do breathing exercises will change the way your state, the way you feel. I mean, this is scientifically mm -hmm. true now. You know, it's not just Indian yoga science, but like it's actually true. Physical health uh, exercises that you do, moving your body will release certain chemicals, right? After you do anything it's gonna it's gonna help like so well, i exercise do exercise is something it is part of another piece of the toolbox for mm -hmm. a lot of us and myself i don't have the opportunity to do it as often as i would like to for a couple of reasons one i was going to the gym pretty regularly pre-pandemic probably 
<laughs> then shutdown killed all of that, right? Sure. But uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to do it is because my knees are garbage, just absolute garbage. It, mm. And I think it's either a combination of genetics. My mom and my sister both had really bad knees, working in the clubs for 20 years on concrete, hard concrete floors without proper protection, proper padding or anything, right? Because, you know, back in the 90s, nobody cared about that kind of stuff. Sure. Who wants hearing protection? My ears are shot because of that, too. And then um, I worked in a rail yard for five years. So an oversized gravel pit on uneven ground, right? Just factor on top yeah, of factor yeah. on top of factor. Now my knees are just destroyed, right? That is a factor for me when it comes to the exercise part. I still try and do a little bit where I can, but it's not very much. Have you tried um, a stationary bike? I just told my dad this stationary was a bike. I was awesome on yeah. when I, when I was at the gym. That was one of the things yeah. that I could actually do really well. I could go for an hour. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I'd be a little sore afterwards, but compare that to a treadmill, I couldn't do it. Right, the impact is a lot different. And stationary mm -hmm. bike and the rowing machine, obviously swimming. But you're in Alberta, which is friggin' cold, so I don't know if you want to swim, but. <laughs> well, during the sun, dude, it's going to be damn near 40 degrees here on Tuesday. It's time Celsius. to go swim. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's that? That's uh, it's like what, 100, almost not 100. High 90s, low 100s. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's pretty hot. That's pretty hot. For oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We just had a snap last week of like uh, mid, uh, mid to high 90s for about five or six days in a row. Yeah. Well, this, I guess my point is just being that like, that toolbox has to have some of these things that if you haven't tried them or and you're still looking for solutions, it's like, dude, go try these things. Like keep trying mm -hmm. until you find a way to make them work for you. It's like yeah. when you learn how to like uh, edit videos or, I mean, let's take the graphics world. You you now have Photoshop and Illustrator. Like bang your head against the tools until you realize how to make them work for you. Not everybody creates a piece of art the same way, right? Like learn how to it's use true. the brush to the way the canvas, you know, talks to you. It could be a different method than someone else. But at the end of the day, those things will help. I see some art being posted on your walls. So the reason I was bringing this up is, have you found other yeah. things like music or art or whatever else? I mean, even, even graphic design, I mean, to a degree was probably therapeutic because it's a very like creative way of directing your mind. And even if it gets a little distracted, it's it's like kind of okay, right? Because it's, it's, it's true. And I'm actually just going to make a note of this yeah, yeah. so that I don't forget that, but I'm going to circle back around to something else you were talking about real quick. Sure, sure. It was, you were talking about pushing the, uh, the exercise and, and the meditation and et cetera, et cetera. On a similar note, and this also will go back to this video over the weekend and such, and everybody's experience being different. For, for a lot of us, we can't quite use the same kind of approach or mentality of it, right? In the way that you push people to try meditation. We can't always push people to try this method or try that or try whatever else. The reason for that is when it comes to ADHD, there are a lot of people that they don't have the same supports in place mm. as opposed to others. Okay. Like this guy over the weekend who was saying, you just have to act activate your hyper-focus. It doesn't work like that. That's not how hyperfocus works. It's not on a switch. If it was on a switch, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> right. Well, but it doesn't work like that. Yeah. If I can get into a project and uh, there's one actually I'm working on right now, it's a, a diagnostic web and it's got all the diagnostic criteria on a web. And it was, I was showing my daughter, this is how you should do it. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, design that. So 
I did. I started on it and the hyper focus kicked in. And the next thing I know, I'm damn near done and eight out, uh, six and a half hours have gone by and I didn't realize it. Yeah. If that, if, if I could just harness that, I'd be a millionaire. I swear to God, but that's not at all how it works. So you can't tell somebody to do that because it, it doesn't happen like that. There, there are so many people that they don't have the supports that they require. There are some people for whom this disorder truly is a disability. They can't function. Yes. Um, and for somebody to say, just do this is invalidating. It's an asshole move because you shouldn't do that to anybody for somebody that you know cannot do it. And comparing my experience to yours, to whomever's, that's just, you don't do that. You can't do that because everybody is different. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Um, but you mentioned music. It's funny that you mentioned that too, because um, I had been a musician for about 25 years. <laughs> so a friend of mine and I actually, back in 98, I think it was 98, uh, got together and just started writing music together. Mm-hmm. Why? Why the hell not? We thought it was fun. 2001, we put out an album. It wasn't very great, but I mean, is what it is. Uh, it was thing, like, yeah. oh yeah, it was a trance album we put out in 2001, 2002. I think is That's what cool. it is. Yeah. I mean, and what the hell? I even put it up on Spotify and YouTube and all the other places and et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, I've, I've kind of been playing with music off and on the entire time. So that's another creative outlet that I have with uh, just, I think anything artistic I've been drawn to. And I find that a lot of, a lot of uh, ADHD people would, it, when they do become more successful, they're going to do it in ways I think of artistic yes. creativity, anything that they have that outlet, anything that they can, they can take this passion. They can channel that into music, art, design, animation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. On and on and on. Well, I mean, like on a positive note, and I totally fully respect and hear you where you're like, you know, you can't give generic do this to everyone. But on a positive note, I don't give a shit what your situation is. You need to find out a way to make it work for you. And if that means you have to try 20 different things, you know, over and over again and bang your head against it, then you need to do that. You owe yourself that amount of respect and effort to get yourself to a place where you're able to balance your equation. What does that mean? I can agree with that. There's different variables for everyone, uh, you know, and so you need to just find out what those are for you. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why, like, when I push the whole working out and meditation stuff, it's like, because those have worked for me. But they work for so many other people that try them, okay? Yeah. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that it's never going to work for you. It just means you got to try a different kind. It's like reading a book. You're not going to start reading textbooks that are like college level if you're like fifth grade, right? Maybe right. if you can, but like read at the level that you're at. Like start with the reality of where your situation is and build a framework around you that's going to help you get more balance and then allow you to do other things. You know, and some days are going to be worse than others. And be real with yourself. Compare yourself to how you were yesterday, not how, you know, you you want to be. Like, it, it's just not going to work that way. Well, and they, they, this reminds me of a, uh, I don't want to say an argument, but a debate that I had with somebody about how um, how a, a typical, and I hate to use the word typical, but how, how an average, fuck, let's just pick worse words as we go. <laughs> how an ADHD brain works on average and that's just it's not that we it's that we think differently is how it is right a lot of us 
have more of a outside the box kind of thinking a lot of, you know, we can't attack this problem this way. We have to do it a different way. That's right. Okay. We just, have, it's yeah, exactly. It's same outcome. Yeah. But different paths to get like driving there. on a car on the streets. You can get to the yeah. same destination, take 12 different roads. It's okay. Whatever. You know, right? and like the fact that you said you released just an album. to drive faster. Yeah. Like the fact that you released an album. I think there's a there's something that's very subtle about that. And it's very important to mention, which is just get your shit done. Like put yourself in a position where you're starting something or you want to be interested in something. Put yourself in a position where you start to complete some of those things and you will mm -hmm. feel better. I'm sure you felt a lot better once you got these things done. Right. Because oh, like, yeah. it's just it's just going to multiply that energy in you. You're just going to feel better about yourself, about your abilities. And then all the stuff that was limiting you doesn't have that much weight over yourself. It's almost like winning mm -hmm. yourself the game that you have self-created in your mind. And you start to create these little uh, situations that you can win. You know, like so I'm sure, you know, Jordan Peterson, the psychologist, he's, he's from Alberta yep. as well. Um, he talks about like cleaning your room as your first thing in the morning. You know, like Ooh. how 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 silly is that? But it's like you're not going to brag to the universe about like, hey, look at me. I, I put my bed together. It's like make your bed, clean your room like that little stuff might help you feel really like, OK, I'm not a like a total piece of shit that lives in a slob at, at home and I don't take care of anything. It's like at least like I've done something today to start myself off on the right foot. That's true. However, the problem that a lot of us run into with that is that same executive dysfunction is um, when it comes to any kind of a cleaning. Okay. There are a lot of people that they, they will have, uh, I'll use my desk as an example. <clears throat> I call it my organized chaos. And the reason that it's that way is because we're battling against um, an, an, a lack of proper object permanence, which is something that is handled in prefrontal cortex. For most of us, it's underdeveloped. Okay. So as a kid, you're taught that, you know, if you see this cube, it exists. Okay. But now you can't see it. So does it exist? Who knows, right? As a baby, maybe it doesn't exist. That's why peekaboo, you're not there anymore, right? So if I take this cube and I hide it behind this thing over here, and then I walk away and go get a coffee. If I come back, there's a high chance that I will forget that it's there. So the reason for a lot of us having a, a chaotic or a disorganized space is because we have to combat against this, this object permanence problem that we have. You can see behind me, I've got these shelves here and they're all completely open. Okay, that's so that I don't forget that something is there and think that it's not there anymore and forget that I don't have, or, you know, think that I don't have it anymore. Hmm. I've got these shelves or these, yeah, these uh, drawers over here that they're semi-transparent so that I can see through them, see into them mostly. So I know what the contents are so that I remember that I have it because otherwise I'm going to forget that I have it. Best analogy I can give you actually is in your refrigerator, the vegetable crisper drawer <clears throat> at a rate of probably a hundred to one. <clears throat> Damn allergies. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are so many of us that fight with, we will go to the, go to the grocers and pick up a bunch of vegetables, put them in the drawer and most of them will rot yeah. because we forgot that they're there. Sure. Right. In our mind, they don't exist anymore. So that's one of the, one of the countless problems that a lot of us have to overcome. Again, methods to do it semi-transparent drawers, open concept shelf, right? Things like that. It's just more little tips, tricks, hacks that you have to, more coping methods you have to incorporate into your life 
to overcome these little hurdles. When it comes to cleaning your room, good luck. Well, okay, let me take this. They'll have a problem with that. Let me take this example (laughs) of the material world and put it into more of a uh, inner space. I think Mm. taking account of what you have around you is cool. How about taking account of everything that you have in your life every single day when you wake up? The fact that your heart still beats, everyone you love is still alive, and you still have food to eat. Things like this that are genuinely there, you know, in your life, and you're discounting them because you've taken them for granted. You know, that level of understanding about your situation should be able to lift you at least to a, a, you know, a very accessible space within you that, you know, obviously I'm fucking talking about gratitude, right? Like find that space of gratitude. Like, okay. Like if your family, somebody in your family didn't die last year in COVID, you're very lucky. I had four people Mm -hmm. in my life, uh, you know, that passed away last year in COVID. Like Mm -hmm. many people have had much worse. They've had their parents or whoever else. It's like, there's a lot to be grateful for and a lot of positivity to look for, you know, and and I'm just pointing that out is that like, a lot of people spend so much time online looking at stupid content because they they are just distracted by it. If they spent any amount of that time looking at positive stuff that actually made mm-hmm. them feel good, you'd be putting in good stimulus, good information in you, which was inevitably going to circulate around in your thought process. You know what I mean? Like That's a lot like curating your own personal, and using TikTok as an example, curating yeah. your own personal page. Sure. Right? The amount, the, you know how much time I actually spend on the For You page on there? Probably Minimal. not. Yeah. I, Minimal. And I don't blame I, you. I will swipe three or four times and that's about it. I have curated my list of people that I am following mm-hmm. to the stuff that I want to see yes. that is relevant to me, that I find entertaining, that I find enlightening or positive. Useful. Right? That's how I curated my my personal list. Now, expanding that, I've, I've been asked by... A lot of people, how do you overcome this? How do you deal with that? How about these toxic people in my life? This mm-hmm. this negativity. I am too fucking old and jaded to give a shit about somebody's opinion that doesn't affect me directly. Going back to the trolls. I don't give a fuck what you think. Go away. How yeah. does that affect me at the end of the day? Does this affect me? Does this affect my family? Does this affect my life in any way? It does not. So I don't care. Yeah. Right. And adding to it that your thoughts aren't all real. Like the fact that if you do feel like, oh, this guy's attacking me, it's like really step back. Like, what's he really going to do? These are words on a screen. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily, I mean, words are strong. They're powerful. They are like, you know, another book I'm reading. Especially putting in the brain. I mean, you got the brain fighting with you. Yeah. The words are a, a real, like powerful, very, very powerful uh, thing that human beings have. It's unique to us in that sense. We mm-hmm. manifest with our word, right? Like all these things that about how you speak to yourself, what you say about yourself, consciously and unconsciously, all of them affect you. So you read something. I'm so bad at that. Well, you read something and it's, it's it, yeah, it's going to hurt. Like, But then at the same time, you have to then take a step back and then remind yourself that, okay, not everything in my head is 100% accurate and true. I'm experiencing it, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. real in the sense that this isn't going to actually harm me the way I think it's going to harm me. you know. That's true. But on the flip of that too, there is not one thing that any troll can say to me that I have not said worse to myself. There you go. If somebody's not rubbing you hard enough in a place where you haven't taken yourself. But that's not maybe true for a lot of the young adults, right? Because they were like, oh my God, like I, this guy just said the worst thing ever. And now I feel like trash. It's like, don't allow that person so much. Obviously that comes over I time. Call that, I will call that circumstantial or situational. Sure. 
It is. Going on the topic here, if there are undiagnosed ADHD kids that are out there that by the time they hit high school or middle school or whatever, right, they're in their teens and they feel like these broken, damaged human beings because they don't understand what's going on. They don't have a diagnosis. They don't have supportive parents who 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 will say, let's get you help as opposed to, well, you're just lazy. Well, you're just stupid. You're just this, that, the other thing, and the list goes on and on. Um, these kids, they have to fight with that same thing. And by the time that they get the later in life diagnosis, this is a bunch of trauma and damage that they have to undo from their early life. Right. Like I, I spent, I don't want to think about how many years I spent having to unpack all of that and, and overcome the fact that no, I wasn't just a lazy, stupid because I was a fucking brilliant kid. There, there, there's a lot of shit. I will say about myself. One good thing is when I was growing up, I was a smart kid, but I, I just, I didn't have the, the proper tools or, methods or anything supports of any kind in place to keep me on on track Mm. when it came to schooling and and keeping myself stimulated educated right i i ended up dropping out i ended up working in the bars because the dopamine was a lot higher it was more exciting it was more fun and i yeah there there was a lot of trauma and damage that i had to cope with over that because i didn't have these supports in place so for, for the younger generation, yeah, I, I think situationally, it depends on how much support some of these kids have. Yeah. Well, how's this? I'll end with this because I think you're an appropriate person to ask this question. You know, I'm going to call you old because you're an ah. old man. Um, a lot of young Thanks. adults reach out to me and tell me, hey, I hate school. I feel stuck. I don't know what to do with my life. I feel lost. You know, I want to make money, but I don't really have a passion. I don't have any clue on what I want to do. I've, I smoke a bunch of weed. I get high and and I've tried quitting. It doesn't really work for me, you know, and I still get anxious and I spend all my money on weed and I get broke. So like what that that's actually, you'd be shocked at how many people repetitively have said those exact statements in my comment section. Probably would be. And, and I'm just going like, well, that's what shocked me about being on TikTok was like, holy shit. Like a lot of you are actually going through all that and you're smoking weed. And you still don't know? It's like, well, like, ooh, you just added like crypto, like, I don't know, dynamite to a, to a, to, the, to this all. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I, and the reason I bring this up is like, what would you say or what would you offer to someone that came to you with, with any of these? Like, you know, feeling very lost at the end of it. It's all it is. It's like not really being sure about what direction life is going to take you. And as someone who's lived a little bit longer than me, how would you respond to something like that, you know? To somebody who doesn't know what direction they're going. Yeah. And what, what like their life is going to be really, they don't know how to head there. That's a hard one. I think that would depend on the person. What kind of, what are your passions? What kind of things do you, what do you enjoy? What, Mm. what, what do you want to strive for? What are your ambitions? Right. And in a lot of cases, it's harder to answer that for they might not know what somebody well somebody in my in in my niche shall we say because that can change from day to day yeah um 
Like there are a lot of us that we have the bad habit of I'll pick up a hobby for two weeks and then abandon it after two weeks and move on to something else because it's no longer stimulating. It's no longer yep. mentally exciting. Mm. So asking them, what do you want to do with your life and try and think on a long-term path like that? That's a hell of a hard question for, right. for a neurodivergent I've been hitting of any that. kind. I've been hitting that exact statement where someone's like, you guys don't stick to anything long enough to know if there's any meaningful benefit for you in it, right? Like, oh, I tried yeah. this and I tried that. Well, how long did you try for? Like a week that, oh, I'm sorry, that's not long enough, right? Like yeah. you won't get any benefit from it. I think part of that is culturally we're shifting towards more instant gratification and less Agreed. hard work uh, and less persistence and re- yeah. less patience. And Oh, no, I, I can agree with that. I, I mean, just, as, as much as, uh, as much as, I just fed into the uh, the stereotype there. Let's throw on top of it iPads, you know, uh, TikTok, things where it did the perfect ADHD platform where it's like 15 seconds <laughs> of he, next, he, next, he, next, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're getting that nonstop instant gratification. Take yourself out of that and try and plot what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's no wonder so many of these kids are want to i want to be a youtube superstar yeah do you have any idea how much fucking work yeah, it takes to it, get it we're doing youtube yeah. that's one of the platforms i have five different youtube channels yeah and they have very little stuff on each of them because putting something together for youtube is more work than i want to do mm. i'll be honest with myself about that like yeah. i when it comes to editing my tiktok videos because of my graphic design background I try and put a lot more into it. I actually get a lot of comments on that, that my editing is pretty damn good. To do something like that for a 15 second or a one minute, or now they've given me three minute videos, is a far cry different than putting something together for a bigger screen, bigger screen of YouTube for up to 10 minutes. If you wanna hit the algorithm properly, you want a 10 minute video-ish. Yeah, no, that's that's more work than I wanna do. Right. So, so being real with yourself. That have got this attention span, which mine is shit. Theirs is just as bad. <laughs> and and you're gonna this you wanna do this for your life. Okay, good luck. Well, you know, this is why I think we're we're ending on a perfect note here. This is why I talk a lot about if you can't sit still for 10 minutes a day, call it meditation, call it sitting the fuck down for 10 minutes. <laughs> if you can't do that. Don't come and tell me you want to build a business and you want to do this, that, and the other thing. If you can't stick to going he for a walk. He says I'm swiveling in my chair, I it, just noticed. Well, you know what I mean? Like if you can't go for a walk every day just to, for your health and just to be out and about, like to take care of yourself, don't come mm-hmm. and tell me you want to build a big business and you want to do this, that, and the other thing. You are not going to do it. And and I mean that in the most respectful way possible is you need to find a way to negotiate with yourself, get yourself level-headed, be very real and practical with where you are. And notice if you want these big things, they're going to require a level of discipline, a level of routine, a regiment, you know, to Mm -hmm. work with your conditions, to build an equation that balances you out, right? Whatever variables you put in, they're unique to you. Strategies and methods that are going to work for you, routines, structures, things like that. Yeah, I get that. I've I've had one business that I completely lost because I just, I couldn't keep up with it. My brain would not keep up with it. I have another one that I'm still struggling, but it's still going. And yeah, a lot of that is, well, it's order by order kind of thing. Um, But yeah, if if you want to build some kind of a big business, 
yeah, for a neurodivergent, it's going to be a lot harder. Mm -hmm. But if you can get these things in place, these supports that you're going to need, yes, it is 100% possible. possible. There are tons of successful people out there that have got this disorder. They just found their way of doing it. That's it. Their way may not work for everybody, but when you're, and I do this with my kid, you need to help them. You need to empower them and educate them so that they can find the ways, the methods, all of that, that is going to work for them because it's going to be different for all of us, but they need to find the one that's going to work for them. Yes. Well, let's end on this, Tyler. Why don't you tell everyone the name of the Discord group if they want to come and be part of your community and maybe give us any other plug that you want to throw in there to come and get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, well, I'll start with the socials. You can get me on ADHD Everything. You can find me on TikTok, on Instagram. I don't post much on Facebook, but I'm kind of there. Um, I do have a YouTube. I don't post there very often. Um, on Twitch, same thing. Um, if you go to any of those, you'll find my Beacons link, which links to all the rest, which will also get you to our Discord group, which is not, it's, it's not like one of those fan site Discord groups where it's like, it's me, uh-huh, it's all about me. It's not like that at all. When, when we set it up, it was designed to be a neurodivergent community. And when my friend and I set it up, we wanted to be able to put it there and then watch it grow. And it has done that in spades. Yes. Um, I think we tapped 900 people today if not just about Incredible. and it and it's it's a supportive community it is of course with adhd people there's channels galore for everything you could possibly want because there's artists of all kinds there so if you paint draw music etc cetera, etc cetera. um youtube sharing all of that stuff a place to vent um all of it big supportive community we call it the squirrel station because it's funny um, direct link is discord.gg slash squirrel station. Um, we'll or link that in the podcast to, here. Thank you. Or you can go to my beacons link. It'll be the second one down. Perfect. Tyler, I had really appreciated this time with you today. And I know people that are listening to this will appreciate this as well. And so I want to thank you for being, you know, someone that's trying to bring light to something that's very, very important in culture today. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you for giving me this chance to have a conversation with you today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, folks. The rest of you, check out Tyler. Check out ADHD, everything. And from Squirrel Dad and The Real Abinov, we're out. Gown. Thank you for checking out this show. I really appreciate your time. And I can't wait to hear from you. If you want to give me any feedback or want to get in touch, know someone that I should put on the show, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever you are online, you bet you can find me there. Just search for The Real Abinov. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.